Hi, I'm Ali Hassan, host of CBC's Laugh Out Loud. Do you like to laugh? Because we're serving up big laughs each week. We feature comedians from across Canada. You might already be fans of some of them, and others might be new discoveries. We record emerging comedians and established pros in front of live audiences all across the country, and we promise that you'll be literally laughing out loud. You can find Laugh Out Loud on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Um, I don't know if you're watching the new season of True Detective or not. Uh, True Detective, if you're not familiar with it, big show. Season one, which is starring Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, came out a few years back. Gets critically acclaimed. It wins all these awards. It gets talked about in the same way that like Breaking Bad and The Sopranos gets talked about. I found out about it because uh, then U.S. President Barack Obama talked about it as like his favorite show. And it had, I'll say this, Moderately successful couple of seasons after that. Nothing nothing to write home about. Now, all of a sudden, True Detective is back in a big, big way. Everyone is talking about this new season. It's called True Detective Night Country. It's a female-led production behind the camera and in front of the camera. It's run by a showrunner named Issa Lopez. It stars Jodie Foster as a police officer in the Alaskan town of Ennis who is solving a whole pile of murders and disappearances largely related to missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. There's some supernatural stuff that happens too. And the story has really rejuvenated uh, a series that a lot of people thought was going to go away. It's also one of the only mainstream television series to have a large representation of artists and actors who are Inuit, pan-Inuit from Nunavut, Greenland, Alaska, and if you're a music fan in Canada, you might recognize one of those Inuk performers. Tanya Tarak is a Polaris Prize-winning artist who combines original compositions, poetry, and Inuk throat singing. She is one of the most uh, groundbreaking, interesting, powerful artists in this country. And she provides a lot of the soundscape and music for the show and makes her on-screen debut as well. So what is it like when your first ever acting gig is acting alongside Jodie Foster? True Detective Night Country is out now. And I got to speak with Tanya Tarak all about it. How are you? Hi, good. Thank you for pronouncing my name. Oh, come on. That's so, that's so nice. Like, I'm so used to the Tagak. <laughs> <laughs> think... I've been secret, secretly giggling about it being um, pronounced wrong this whole time. But um, thank you so much for putting the effort in to pronounce my name correctly. Your, congratulations on being in this show. Oh, thank you. It was so fun. You are in it. I watched the first two episodes. I haven't seen you yet. And my Mm -hmm. understanding is it's a bit of like you can't really tell us who you are when you show up. No, I can't say anything. I'm not giving any spoilers, but I will tell you that uh, I appear thrice and very briefly. And I was astounded at the amount of effort that goes into filming because even for just those little little pieces that I'm in it took you know you had to be away for weeks and the number of takes and how this all works it, it was my first time being exposed to the filming uh, acting filming television like the industry and it's just blew my mind remarkable the sets 
um, how the sets were set up. Like, uh, I'd never seen anything like that before. And just the cogs, the giant cogs of this massive machine and how people handled, you know, the stress or the, the pressure. And remarkably on set, Isa is such a an amazing director it it always felt good on set and people were always uh respectful and we it was it was just so joyous and very fun to meet so many inuit too because there was inupiaq and inuit from nunavut and inuit from greenland and we were all uh together in iceland filming and we we just you get too many of us together and it's just cry laughing you know <laughs> like it's just we had such a good time and then the cameras would roll and all of a sudden it's you know it's horror <laughs> or drama and it's very funny very funny to switch between those two yeah how did you get involved in the show anyway how did this all happen i was approached to do some of the music but then we had a zoom call together and i was offered a a, a role and I was happy to take it. I was scared at first because I didn't know. It's a new thing. It's something I've never done before. So I was very happy with it. And I'd like to do more acting. I enjoyed it immensely. I I really like the long breaks in between the takes. Like, you know, you could read a book or talk to a friend or hobnob with the people you're acting with and get to know people and rest and have downtime. And then the cameras would roll and you'd be doing another take. I mean, it's a new, it's a whole new avenue. I mean, you'd never, you'd never acted before. I mean, most people who, who uh, act for the first time don't get to act with Jodie Foster. What's, <laughs> what's that like? I'm going to say that is what lit the fire under my ass to want to do it more Yeah, because <clears throat> she, there was a scene where, you know, we went in the room and there's Jody and she's a normal human, like normal human, just talking around, laughing, relaxed, like la la la, like nice, really nice person. We're all having a good time. And then, the camera started rolling and I got shivers from like the top of my head to the bottom of my feet because I, she transformed it. it I, I'm sorry. I just, I can almost hardly talk about it because it just blew my mind. What the, 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 the fact that she be like watching her go it's from being how, this person backstage. to she, Yeah. Yeah. Who, who she is before the camera's rolling and how she became Danvers, um, and not just how, but the way, the prowess of how of her ability to act. Like it, it's just a craft I know nothing about, mm. and I'd never seen anyone embody that. I've seen lots of beautiful music, I've heard lots of it where I get shivers and seeing people performing, but this was my first time witnessing that an actor who's so good at it 
do their thing. And I was blown away. It was very exciting. And getting to know everybody else on set, too, it was very, very exciting. I was saying in the in the introduction to this thing that I, I've never seen this kind of, like, big, you know, big Hollywood mainstream representation of Inuit and Inuit culture on TV. You know, uh, one one character is seen getting a kakinit, which is the the, the traditional tattoo uh, in the show. Uh, there's dialogue in in Inuktitut. Does that mean anything to you to, to see this kind of representation in a, in a big old show? Well, absolutely, because Inuit we're we're a minority within a minority because there's indigenous throughout Canada, but our population is so small. And uh, especially compared to our landmass of Nunavut, <laughs> and our population, with the, I think we're under seventy thousand. Like that's it in Canada. Like throughout all of Canada, it's like one of the smallest populations there are. And there's so few of us, and there's so many rampant stereotypes or just lack of knowledge. Like uh, I went and I'm looking for where I'm going to put my daughter into grade seven mm. she's transitioning from grade six to grade seven and we're we went to school some schools and we were talking to the kids and they were talking about being vegetarian and asking if we were and and i was like no 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 like well we're anyway they were like what's that like so even in our own country there's some people don't know who we are Mm. So it's really great to see our cultures represented in um, such a big production. And it's very, very interesting because, you know, Isa's from Mexico. So this person from a very warm, rich culture is directing and writing about a very warm but cold, rich culture. So there's a big big span of difference between so they hired a um, consultation uh, they did a whole bunch of col- consultation with the committee Inupa committee and it was very respectful on set and Issa treated us so beautifully and were, listened to everything we had to say and it's also we had many discussions because like number one it's fiction yeah but you still want to do your best to get it correct as best as you can and also it's pan inuit right like people do this a lot where they'll say indigenous people and they mean all everybody mm. you know everybody like inuit don't have much in common with the Mi'kmaq, you know, like because we're so far away geographically mm. and even within ourselves, our cultures are very different from each other. Like the uh, Alaskan Inupiaq are very different from Greenlandic but, and, and Nunavut, but there's enough similarities where our languages can connect. We can understand each other's languages understand each other and there's so many so many joint strings between our cultures like number one is the humor i very it was just so fun to meet 
all those Inuit and to hang out and be on set. And there was just, there was one scene we were filming where, yeah. where this guy, he, he, he comes just, I don't I have no idea who he is, right? He just, this big Inuk guy comes stand beside me and he just looked down at me and he said, he said, I tried to have a housewarming party in my igloo. It didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody was always scream laughing. And Isa Isa even had to kind of give us shit like we were in school. Like, guys, we're filming a drama. It's like, okay, okay. Stop having so much fun. But it was was very fun. So... Are are you giving her any advice? Like, are you are you saying are you giving her any like, hey, this should be that way, or like, hey, you know, the, make sure you get this part right? Oh well, she she was open to everybody's voice, every Inuit voice. That's what I mean. We just say what we thought, and especially, I well, I can't. I, I'm not giving any spoilers. Sorry, I can't go into detail. Uh, okay, okay, okay. You know, I can't go into any detail. I have to stop myself because I really, really, really am excited for people to see what happens. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Coming up, more of my conversation with the musician and actor Tanya Tarak. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Score-wise, you get brought in to to do the music for this. Um, mm-hmm. Talk me through some of your intentions when you design when you're designing the score. I mean, you have to think about the place. I should also say that in this show, uh, there's an underlying plot dealing with missing and murdered indigenous indigenous women and girls. Mm-hmm. How are you approaching this this musically? What's on your mind? Oh well, we there was a double pronged approach. Firstly, we recorded uh, um, a bunch of stuff in studio in Iceland, and we we didn't know where that was going to go. Uh, Sue Sue Jacobs was the music director, and she's really awesome. And so so we did days and days of music recording in Iceland, and then later they flew me to London to work with Vince Pope. Who, who is the composer for, for the series? And it, we had a lot of fun. Like they'd play the scene that they wanted me on. They had a screen, and I would react to th- what was on the screen. And, and uh, what? How are you approaching it? Like artistically, I, I, I get like how uh, I get now. Like how how it, how it came together. But you're looking at these scenes. Some of these scenes are so tough. Some of these these scenes are, are part of like a very grim reality and you're having to react to that like what's 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 going how, how are you how, how what are you thinking like hey oh. I, I, I want it to sound like this or you know 
No, no, no. It's not about thinking. It's about feeling. Um, n- nothing that you can put in front of me can make me feel any more passionately or more pain than the reality of things I've witnessed or seen or felt before. So it's it doesn't bother me because, number one, it's fiction. Mm. But number two, it's... You know, when you're from the north, you're from the north. And there are many things in reality to be more upset about than uh, fiction. And then when it comes to MMIW, there's enough heartbreak to go around the whole world three times. So letting some of it out to um, uh, an image is a healing. It's a good thing. And it's it's just feeling. It's just I just look at the image and I make the sound that I feel. And that's what improvisation is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's always how I've worked. Well I I, I can't wait to see I can't wait till you finally show up in this thing because I've been watching it waiting my eyes are peeled <laughs> for you. And I haven't seen. I didn't know you weren't in the first episode. No one told me you weren't in the first episode. So I I just had my eyes peeled for you. I was looking for you. I didn't know where you were. And then, like oranges. (laughs) And and but are you are you doing any? What's going on with you? Are you having any new music on the way? Are you you making music? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a whole album almost ready. I've got. I'm writing a new novel, and I've got two children's books coming out, and. Well, one now and then another later, and then just lots. I've got concerts going on. I'm I'm collaborating with Brown University on some some things, and I'm working with Kronos Quartet, and I'm still working with Jean. And we're just it's just uh, letting letting things happen the way they want to happen. That's and then things come out. So there's there's lots of projects and eventually I want to get back on the road but what happened after covid was I'd been touring for 20 years yeah. straight like there wasn't like I I Inuya was 3 months old when I did my first gig mm. you know like I'd take and I I was touring with her till I was very very pregnant and I just have been touring for so long and all of a sudden it stopped and I went, oh, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. I can just take a breath and, you know, do do things that are more internal, um, like writing. Writing is a, it's private and it's quiet. And I find it so strange because you're alone and you're with yourself and it feels very much it belongs to you but then all of a sudden there'll be a book and then it's going to other people and it's very scary but I love writing it's very peaceful Mm. so I guess I've just been in in my little hibernation Mm. still churning but in in a little bit more of a resting phase and I hope to do um do some big shows and do some touring, but with less um, less frequency. I yeah. want to, like, you know, kind of space it out so I have time to paint and write and act. 
if I if I get any more roles, like I have to start auditioning, I guess. Tanya, always great to talk to you. And so when you release any of these things, uh, come back and talk to us again. Of course. Nice to talk to you. My conversation with, I'll say, a friend of the show, Tanya Terak. Uh, she does the music, the soundscapes, and even her first acting role on the new True Detective Night Country, which is on Crave in Canada and on HBO in the U.S. And that is it for the show today. Uh, the other show we have up today on our podcast feed is my conversation with David Yee, who's a Canadian uh, playwright and, and theater dude who just won the most prestigious award in all of Canadian theater, the Seminovich Prize. What's really interesting about this, if you're listening to this going like, Tom, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a theater person. I went to the, the community production of Guys and Dolls in 2003, and that was it for me. What's interesting about the Seminovich Prize is it's not about like, hey, I won it for this one play. Or, hey, I won it for this, you know, one performance I was in. It is for a director, playwright, or designer whose work, like whose career and body of work has advanced, has advanced theater, I should say, in Canada. David Yee won it. He's in his 40s. This is an award people get like late career in his 40s. So uh, a great joy to talk to David Yee about like theater and theater in Canada and the work that needs to be done. Go check that out. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.